Igniting Hope Ministries welcomes you. Prepare yourself to listen to a message that will spark hope and renew your mind. Hi, Steve Backlund here from Igniting Hope Ministries. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. The title of today's message is Overcoming Double-Mindedness in Decision-Making. <laughs> you know, that's such a key area of our life is decision-making. We're, we're constantly making decisions, many small ones every day, and then there's big decisions that we need to make. And I know in my own experience the importance of growing into becoming a decisive decision maker, releasing faith in what we're deciding to do and what we have decided to do in the past. And I know for me it hasn't been always easy. Sometimes the most sincere people are the most double-minded. What I mean by double-minded is that one day you believe this, another day you believe that. James 1, 6 through 7 in the Bible talks about a person who doubts that God's going to give wisdom after you've asked God for wisdom. It says that man is going to be tossed to and fro by every wind. And that says that man is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And that's described me in the past and every once in a while slip back into that double-mindedness. You know, you look in the Bible and you look at verses, one of the verses that stands out to me about this is in Romans 14, 5, it's talking about, you know, days that are esteemed, Sabbaths, I believe it's talking about where it says one person esteems one day, another and esteems another, and another esteems all day alike. And then it says, let each of you be fully convinced in your own mind. Decide and be fully convinced. You, concerning what day you, you believe the Sabbath is, just do the research, get a good process of decision-making, and then decide and be fully convinced. There's a story in Acts 10 where Peter has a trance, encounters, hears a voice, he has all these things happen that is leading him to go and um, minister to Gentiles, which up to that point was uh, not acceptable, wrong. And one of the versions of the Bible says, go doubting nothing, go to the Gentiles doubting nothing. <laughs> and that's really where we're going. I believe this message is to help us to move forward doubting nothing. And Again, some of the most sincere people are the most double-minded, sincere people in the Lord, Christians, who, because we don't want to make a wrong decision. The fear of, of making a wrong decision and displeasing God has robbed many uh, people from walking in confidence and has caused double-mindedness in decisions. So I want to give you five ways five keys to overcoming double-mindedness in your life. Number one is this, is to believe you are a good decision maker. If you're able to say it, uh, repeat it after me, I am a good decision maker. Say it again, I am a good decision maker. You know, those who believe they're good decision makers are good decision makers. And all of us, and to varying degrees of you who are listening, all of us have uh, history in our past of where we have not made some good decisions. <laughs> and, but 
the nature of faith is, is to believe who God says we are. And, you know, even going back to James 1, 5 through 8, it says, hey, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. If anybody's in a point of making a decision and not knowing what to do, let him ask of God who gives generously without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So believe you're a good decision maker. Again, the nature of faith is to believe something and then you see it. If we wait until after we see it to believe, we short circuit the process and we'll probably won't really see it. Number two is get a good process in decision making. I've shared this before, but let me repeat it here. What I do is I clarify my options. What are my options? Option A, option B, option C, option D. I put language to it. Then I put all the logical reasons why that's a good idea and not a good idea. Then I'm looking after that. Then I'm asking God for a supernatural story. I'm asking him for signs, uh, coincidences, indicators, things happening uh, as I'm in decision-making mode that would fit under each of those options. Then after... uh, a time, whatever time I set, usually longer, the bigger the decision, you're going to take, you need, my advice is take longer time with those. Then after a while, I believe you're going to start seeing a story emerging um, in one of those options. And again, the greater the risk we take is the greater the story we need. If that option is a big risk, you know, relationally, financially, uh, or otherwise, then we need a big story. Then, you know, obviously as part of uh, getting the story, we, we, we look to the Bible. What's the Bible say about that area? There's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. What are the key people in my life saying? And those are going to fit underneath those options. Obviously, that's very, very important. Then once you see a story and you decide, I decide in my spirit, I say, Lord, I'm, I'm deciding I'm going to do this. And then I walk for a period of time, a day, bigger decision, week, maybe longer. I'm going to walk it out. I'm going to say, okay, God, I'm, going to, I'm planning on doing this. If you want to change my mind, you can change my mind. But it's going to have to be clear through clear signs from you, not just negative circumstances or uh, you know, negative emotions. So that's a great process, you know, overcoming double-mindedness and decision-making. If we've got a good process, that's going to help us have confidence. Number three is release faith over the decisions you have to make. It's, it's a powerful thing to release faith over what we're deciding to do. It can be as little a thing as, well, we just had something break down in the car, I mean, excuse me, in the house, and I'm not saying this is little, but um, compared to maybe some bigger things, it could be. And we've got to spend extra money on that. And and you're feeling the pressure of that. You're feeling like, uh, I didn't want to do that. Well, looking at the options of either not doing it, doing it, whatever, then decide and release your faith. And Because I believe this, all of heaven gets behind quality decisions. When you start making decisions in faith, it, uh, it attracts heaven, it attracts resources, it attracts grace into your life. And so 
releasing and just saying, I I believe I'm supposed to do this. I believe we're supposed to do this. I believe I'm supposed to teach on this in a particular uh, teaching session. Or I, I believe I'm not supposed to do that. I'm not supposed to go to that meeting. Or uh, I'm not supposed to uh, give to that need. Or I'm supposed to give to that need. Whatever it is, release your faith. And then number four is stay in faith. Now this is a key. To stay in faith. To go back to what we believe God has told us. Matthew 4, 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And when we uh, go, go back to what the Lord has said, by the way, the quality of our lives depends on our identifying what God has told us. The more we know of what we believe God has said is the more we'll live. I can put up with a lot of junk. I can put up with a lot of outward non-success. I can put a up with a lot of feeling like I'm going backwards in life if I've got a word from the Lord. But if I don't have a word from the Lord, if I don't believe that there's a story for why I'm doing what I'm doing, then that in itself is going to rob me emotionally uh, through double-mindedness. So stay in faith. And Lord, again, if you want me to change my mind on this, I give you permission. But I'm, I'm not going to just quickly change my mind. I'm going to go back through the process of, of, of the options, waiting on you and all of that before I, I change my mind. One thing I love to say is how we make decisions is more important than the decisions that we make. And then number five is face worst case scenarios to take the fear out of them. This is in decision making, and sometimes we've got to make hard decisions. Sometimes we've got to make decisions that um, are either they're, they're fearful, they have great uncertainty, they, or they make us think we're going backwards in life. Well, we've got to look at that. Look at the worst case scenario and say, even if that happens, I'm going to be okay. Even if that happens, because what God's doing, even as we feel like we're going backwards, in life, if we can prosper in our souls, Third John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you be in health and prosper in all things, even as your soul prospers. When we, when we prosper in our souls in adverse situations, that's setting us up for future breakthrough. So face it, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did that in the book of Daniel when the king says, we're throwing you in a fiery furnace and if you don't bow down. And they said, hey, you know, even if God doesn't deliver us, we're not bound down. Even if he doesn't, we're going to be okay. Wow. Overcoming double-mindedness in decision-making. Believe you are a good decision-maker. Get a good process in decision-making. Release faith over the decisions you have to make. Stay in faith and then face worst-case scenarios to take the fear out of them. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I bless you today in your decision making. I bless you uh, to go back to the story you have from God. What's the last thing you believe God told you? Start building from that. And then where there is double-mindedness in your life, start with the biggest ones and start to nail them down. Wherever you believe one thing one day, another thing another day, 
nail that down. Say, Holy Spirit, I want to nail it down. Help me get a story for what I'm supposed to do in that so I can walk in faith. Hey, thank you so much. We're here Igniting Hope Ministries. Steve Backlin here, and I want to remind you that we're here to ignite your hope. There's no hopeless circumstances. There's only hopeless people. And once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. Hope is an unstoppable force. He who has the most hope has the most influence. Our hope level determines our influence level. And also remember, the joy of the Lord is your strength. We don't need joy at the end of the battle. We need joy in the middle of the battle because it's our strength. There's no convenient season to become joyful. For pretty much everybody who's listening to this message today, this is not a great day to become joyful. But I say this over you. God's grace is being released in your life. Whether you're battling personal weaknesses, whether you're battling relationship things, financial things, disappointment in dreams, uh, uncertainties in your nation, listen, The joy of the Lord is your strength. And I believe this, that our spiritual load-bearing capacity is in direct proportion to the level of joy in our lives. And God's increasing your load-bearing capacity because you are a great leader. Hey, we hope to have you with us again on another one of our Igniting Hope ministry podcasts. We hope that you have been blessed by this message. For more resources, you can visit our website at ignitinghope.com.